Hey everybody, welcome back to City Church OTR's podcast. My name is Josh and we are a brand new church in Cincinnati in the historic neighborhood over the Rhine. And we have been having a conversation with Chris and Tyler, the co-pastors. We've got to know them, we've got to know our church and we're going through all of our values. Uh, Those are family, mission, presence, and formation. Uh, just so that you can get to know us uh, before we even uh, are able to get to know you. So we're on our last one, uh, which is formation. Uh, It's another one that might have a little bit of intrigue, like formation, what am I being formed into? Uh, And we're going to unpack that. So I'd love to start with maybe Tyler. Uh, If you, yeah, I mean, we we collectively, mostly you two decided formation number is top four value in our church. Why? Um, we really just stole the word from a title of, I'll say, Beyonce's fourth best song, uh, the top three. I also not, no, okay. so, uh, <laughs> I do have a Beyonce song ranking, but that's for another podcast. I think formation uh, is a concept, is this idea of we're always becoming somebody, mm-hmm. um, and we're all in the process of either um, you know one path or another path, looking more like this, looking more like that. Yeah. And so a focus on formation says, hey, it's worth being very aware of both who you are and who you're becoming and what that process looks like. And for us, it'd be worth lining up your path of formation to match the path that Jesus was on so that over time, you're becoming more and more and more like Jesus. And the reason that's so important to us is because we do think Jesus probably lived the best human life ever, um, is the epitome of what it means to be fully human, that both in the like great glories he experienced, but also in the suffering that he did for others. I mean, just in every dimension of life, it's like, this is life how it was made to be lived. And so we would love if in our church, there's a conscious focus on uh, becoming more and more and more and more like him by following different practices or embracing different steps or, you know, cultivating new kinds of habits that led in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. Chris, what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, because I think this one uh, in church world, if you if you are familiar with churches or have been on church websites, uh, citychurchotr.com is ours. Uh, but yeah, formation may not be on a lot of them. Um, I think also it's it feels like a little, uh, like it's maybe getting some resurgence even in our culture, um, especially in the church culture. When when you hear formation, what's kind of like your, your go-to like thought? Yeah, that, I mean, great question. I feel like maybe discipleship would be a word that's thrown around a lot. Um, it's, and I think it's similar, you know, maybe even how we would define it would be the same thing. But I love, I mean, exactly what Tyler was saying. We're all becoming somebody, and we are saying it's not just enough to come to our Sunday morning gathering, or even, you know, we're big fans of this house group, you know, gathering in living rooms or in bars or parks all over the city. It's not even just enough to become, like, to come to one of those. The goal is that we would start looking differently or that we'd start living differently. Yeah. And uh, and we believe that, yeah, forming our lives and aligning our lives into the life of Jesus is worth it. It's the best thing that we can do. It's more than just... Well, and Jesus believes certain things. Jesus had perfect theology. So we would love to really be shaping our theology and the way that we think. But I, I think that's stressed a lot in church, but is it like I'm also becoming more generous or more gracious, or I forgive quicker and deeper. I mean, those are the things that we see in Jesus's life that sometimes you can say like, oh man, that was so great of him. And then just move on to studying the right thing or attending the right service. And I think we're saying, no, let's try to do both. 
Yeah, I think uh, this formation ties really well with mission, which was the second yeah. uh, value that we, we talked about, um, especially in not, not to tee you off, and I'll give this one to you, Chris, but like if you uh, think of the Great Commission, right? So how would formation work in light of the Great Commission? Yeah, yeah, you are teeing me up because... <laughs> It's like that's the that's the verse that we use for like well we got to baptize we got to do evangelism, but it 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 does say Jesus does say teaching them to obey yeah. all I've commanded, and it's like well seems like there's obedience involved seems like there is some kind of passing of information for the purpose of transformation I should write that down <laughs> passing that's of what was that passing of information for the purpose of transformation, okay. and it like that's what he's saying so it is. This idea of like, well, we should tell them about Jesus. Uh, he did die for our sins. We are lost without him. And he came to give us the best life possible. But true discipleship or true obedience to the Great Commission, it sounds like, would be also like learning to obey the things that Jesus said or that the Bible in general has said, because that would have been what Jesus would have been referring to when he says teaching the commands. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tyler, I know you've you've talked to me about this before, but, um, and you mentioned it a little bit in your first answer, but I love when you talk about, um, as we're growing and when we think about people's age, I mean, we're all still young. Um, and so formation obvious is obvious as you look at people as they age. Right. Yeah. I mean, so I joke all the time that I want to grow up to be Mr. Rogers. Mm. Um, but I think what I'm, you know, joking, I mean, in one sense, it's like I'm on my way because, about the same weight, um, <laughs> just skinny, frail dudes. Uh, but he, I think one of the things, you know, when I'm saying that, when I'm making that joke, it's like, here's someone that follows a full life journey. Um, and think about all you would, would experience, all that people do experience, you know, in 70 or 80 years, there's a lot, there's highs, there's lows, there's deep disappointments, there's big victories. And so when you get, yeah, further, further, further down the path, and so you see like an old Mr. Rogers, it's like, man, you've been through all the crap that comes with life. You've been through all the joy that comes with life. And you seem to have this disposition on the world that is so kind and gracious and generous, but firm. I mean, he was firm about what he thought should be on television. And you have this deep sense of conviction and all this beauty. It's like, of course, that's how I want to age. That's how I want to be. That's how I want to mature. And similarly, there's people that... Um, over time experience all the challenges of life and difficulties of life and other things and wouldn't wind up in that same spot. You know, I mean, they've yeah. experienced the same bumps or they've had similar, um, you know, adverse and good experiences like Mr. Rogers had, but they didn't wind up in the same spot. And it's like, in my mind, it's like, what leads to the difference or how do you get in a different way? And that's where like this focus on formation feels so critical to me. Cause it's like, Mr. Rogers didn't become Mr. Rogers by accident. Um, none of the great people that folks respect as heroes or would say, I'd love to be like when I'm older, get there on accident. It's always on purpose. Mm. And it's usually by following other heroes or other examples. So even in Mr. Rogers case, I mean, he was a ordained Presbyterian minister and very much said, I want to be like Jesus on mm. TV and specifically with an audience in mind of children. And I think in the same way, it's like, man, I want to be like Jesus when I'm older too. I'd love to be less bothered by little things and more convicted about big things and more kind and more caring and more focused on what matters most and not as distracted and not as just, I don't know, easily consumed by just having more and wanting more and all the things that are so easy to be consumed with in like 
our sort of capitalist commercialized world, you know? Um, but instead you focused on stuff that truly matters. And it's like, and I think I can, and I think we all can, and our church is doubling down and saying, we want this to be a value as we go together. But like, we can, if we focus all along the way every year, it's like, man, what would Jesus do if he were me? Uh, how, what is a like loving response right here? What is a response that's going to form me to look more like Jesus ultimately? I mean, that's, that's literally how you wind up to that place that then, you know, when you get all the way down the road, um, in the, in kind of the proof is in the pudding of your life, it becomes so apparent, man. I mean, you have become more and more like Jesus over time. Yeah, I really like this as a value because it's one that uh, it feels like, and maybe family would be similar with formation in this in this sense that it's it's already happening in us as a church. We're we're partnering with people because whether or not you're a Christian or you go to church or anything, you're being formed. Like what you're consuming, what you're reading, who you're with is forming you. And so I love um, the the real partnership in the city, the partnership in the people with formation being one of the values. And so, Chris, if there was, um, I don't know, some pastoral advice, and as you guys, the leaders, um, what would be ways that you would, uh, like, or what would be things that you would push people towards to form them? Yeah, I, well, and one of the things I've learned from you, Tyler, is you're always talking about, and maybe you borrowed this from Mr. Rogers, but probably, but what, what do you want to look like when you're 70? And, and I've not thought about that until the last, you know, few months of, and that, that would maybe, I mean, to answer your question in a long way, that would be the overarching question that I'm now asking myself. I do want to look more like Jesus. I do want to be more patient, but how do I have a 70 year old version of me in mind instead of, you know, next year? Um, and I think, I mean, part of that is, I think community is so big in this and or community or family or getting around other people because I can do my best to go after 70 year old Chris Marlin. And if I'm going the wrong direction, just a little bit, I've got now 40 years to get really, really off track. And so I'm trusting, and I know you will, that you guys, other people in our church and our community will say, did you know that you're like not going the direction that you want to go? So First, you've got to, I mean, I think we've got to be in community, like real authentic community that has the freedom to say, hey, I don't know if that's like the version of yourself that you want to be. But we also see in the life of Jesus that he did have, and this is not a popular word right now, but like he had discipline or he had disciplines. Like he did pray. He quoted the Bible or the Old Testament, which would have been his you know, Bible at the time, Um more than, I mean, or a, a lot. So he obviously had been reading it, even memorizing some or all of it. Yep. Uh, you know, he's always getting alone, uh, but he was yet the greatest evangelist that's ever lived. So I think, and we've talked a lot about what are the disciplines that like we need to lean into. And, and I think you just do that by looking at Jesus's life. Oh, he got away. Oh, he prayed. Oh, he spent time in worship. He spent time with other people. That would be probably the the thing I'd lean into is like, we've got to have some disciplines in our life to make us more like him. Yeah. You, you beat me to the punch. Cause I was going to ask specifically like about disciplines. Um, so for your two lives, uh, what would be, and I think that these can change. So like right now, what are some disciplines that you're leaning into? Um, personally, I don't even think you need to make this, uh, inviting others, other people to, but yeah, what are your disciplines right now that you, that are bearing fruit? 
Also, there's, I mean, I can think of a few that are really important. I mean, one is this like silence and solitude. We're just in a saturated world with information. Um, so in one sense, this feels like the great challenge in our times is like when there's a million sources of input and it can all come to you as, on your phone as soon as you wake up, uh, what do you do to really connect with, again, as we were just talking about in presence, connect with God, uh, to connect with kind of yourself, what's going on in there, to bring what's truly going on in your heart before God, to kind of get all that out in the open and see what tweaks you need to make. So like the silence and solitude piece is really, really huge. Um, another one for me that's fascinating is I do think like a generosity as a discipline is really important or a, a discipline of generosity, sorry, um, in that, you know, I... I don't know if I'm anything like you guys, but I get so many ads through Instagram and Facebook and email and yeah. everywhere I go. And it just is all designed and it's not bad. I mean, folks are doing their job. They're making you aware of products, but it's designed to make me feel like there's things I don't have, yeah. um, which is hilarious. Living in the country that we do at the time that we do where we're really just some of the wealthiest people to ever live on the planet. And yes, and yet I think still so discontent. And so a practice of generosity of just like, hey, this money that I have or these resources that I think I have um, in my worldview actually are like gifts from God and they aren't just mine to use on myself, but I can use them on behalf of others, which doesn't mean I still didn't go to J. Crew and get this shirt, but does mean that I shouldn't be able to do that as frequently as I'd like because mm -hmm. I am giving money away and it's good and it's freeing my soul from just those little claws of more and more and more. <laughs> yeah. um, and so... I mean, I could rain on so many discipline, all that to say, like, but that's the work the disciplines do. Yeah. It's like, it's small. It's like, man, giving this money away, that's really going to make you better. It's, it's like it will over 40 years. Totally, um, yeah. This is totally going to be the thing that hopefully when I get to be older, I'm not consumed by just buying the latest thing. It doesn't mean I can't have new things. It just means like it won't be most important in my life because this discipline will help free me from that. And I'll be connected with who I am and who God is because I'll have been quiet for a while in a loud world. Um, so I know we want, I want to hear that's your disciplines good. too, but those are, I mean, that's the yeah. kind of stuff that like the compound effect is amazing. You, you know, I'll let you preach on generosity <laughs> all day long. I think yeah. it's the a big miss in well, it's spiritual discipline. You have too. I know. I mean, I'm, we, it's, it's a journey we're both on is maybe what I want to totally. say. Yeah. We're both very trying yeah. to be conscious because I think I'm consumed by it. Yeah. I think I'm one of naturally one of the most greedy, selfish people that I know. And so if I don't <laughs> practice that discipline, in a really strong way, yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't be leading yeah. anything, much yeah. less a church. Yeah. The one that, I mean, as he was talking, it's like, you know what? I do love this idea of silence, and so, or I don't do it well, and I'm learning to love it um, because, you know, we're in this, like, pre-launch phase right now, and and I'm still, like, kind of working this other job that I uh, I was doing before the church launched. I don't know if I've been busier right now and it's making me lean into um this first hour of my day i've got this like rocking chair or it's actually i think it was like an old person chair but <laughs> it's where i sit for the first hour and it looks different i used to be even more regimented of like well it's bible then it's silence and it's like sometimes it's just worship music for 45 minutes sometimes i uh read through a chapter of the bible or a couple chapters or i listen but i have to have that time the, the more and more that I'm getting like busier and busier in the demands on my life. And, and the thing I need it for is I'm, as you both know, I'm incredibly emotional. Uh, it's a, a miracle. You know, we're in 
episode five, I haven't cried or yelled yet. True. So, <laughs> and, uh, and it, not that those things are bad, yeah. but I'm learn. I mean, I'm really trying to learn how to be a little bit just more like go with the flow because my, my issue isn't like, Oh, you've got to like turn up for this. Like I'll turn up, um, or I'll get passionate, but I want to learn how to let things go more. And if I don't have that first hour of scripture or quiet or silence, like you mentioned, I tend to not let my emotions like, or I, I tend to let my emotions go a little bit more where they would want to go rather than what maybe Jesus would do in a certain situation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you guys challenge me a ton because of the, of the four that we've talked about values, formation is probably the hardest for me because I'm the opposite of you. I'm so go with the flow that I, I will just consume or I will just kind of coast. And then the next thing you know, it's been uh, five years, been married for five years. And I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that. Um, and what's helped, though, is having uh, the my two little girls because then it, it does keep me aware because they're in such formative years because their childhood is so short. Yeah. That it's like, oh, wait, every conversation that I'm having with them is forming. And when when my three-year-old is feeling, instead of getting mad at her, tell her, hey, it's okay that you feel that, um, but we've got to respond a little bit better. And, like, I do that. And it's like I never thought I would approach an emotion like that but then realizing that the formative years are not just the first 18 years of your yeah. life that i'm still being formed and and that's really hard so i think your guys's example um is is really helpful for, to me um so again to kind of uh put down like uh you know logistics even like formation as a value in our church again all of these values they're going to be vocal we're going to share them we're going to talk about them and that's that's huge but also, what does that mean? Uh, how are you going to actually practically move people towards formation? It's a big way we've talked about it is within this context of people meeting in homes, right? So a church with two front doors, homes really matter. Um, one of the things we really want to do there is allow those smaller settings or smaller experiences of this family on mission. Uh, we want to allow those smaller settings to be placed where people both make a plan for formation, but then are also like held to that plan mm. by the folks within their group. And so again, and I think people would get this if they've, you know, maybe sense our ethos or if they've heard other values, it's like, we're so against shaming. We're not, not trying to be heavy. Yeah. In any way, but uh, it's the kind of thing where it is helpful if someone says, Hey bro, you said you really, you know, are working on this generosity piece. And yet, you know, you haven't given me your money. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but like, and how is that going? Or yeah. actually we've noticed, you know, you're buying a lot lately, not long to buy, but how's this? Are you feeling okay? I mean, those kinds of questions that can happen in the context of family in a safe place where you know you're not being judged. It's just people trying to help you become who you want to be and you trying to help them become who they want to be, which is more and more like Jesus. It's like, that seems to be the key. Um, having a kind of culture where there's Again, a group agreed plan and then a group holding each other to it um, seems like that's a huge thing that this will look like practically in our church or a huge way that practically formation will occur in our church. That's good. I was, I was going to say the exact same thing. I'm thinking about, you know, if we're holding people accountable from like the pulpit, I don't think we'll have a pulpit, but from like stage preaching, that sounds a lot like shame and also terrible. Like mm. if we called you yeah. out for whatever <laughs> um, and then you did it when you're leading worship. So I think it does happen in those those homes. I mean, what happens in the living room, what happens with that smaller version of church that you're meeting with. And you hit on this, and I think I actually want to shift a bit. This doesn't go well, 
or this does come across the wrong way, not that there's an order to any of these values, but he said in the context of family, formation will work best in the context of family. So if you're brand new, we're not going to ask you, hey, like, did you do this, this, this? But if there's mutual trust, there's vulnerability, I mean, there's the things that we talked about in that first episode of family, it makes formation actually fun and reasonable, not just this top-down get in line with Jesus or get out because yeah, that's not the kind of church that we want to be formed into. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing I've always thought, and just when you're saying fun, Chris or lively, it's like, if I could get one tattoo, um, I mean, and I'm always, which you could, you know, you you can't, well, I'm intrigued with the idea of a tattoo, but I've never thought like, what would I want permanently on me? But this phrase could be it. This Uh is the closest I've Uh gotten to a tattoo phrase. But I really do believe that like, we'll never regret a single decision we make to become more like Jesus. And, and that could be my tattoo. Um, but that idea of like, it's fun, it's lively. It's like, for me, the motivation is less like, because I'm so sucky. Now I have to do these things to be, you know, less bad. And it's like, no, it's like, you literally like, you're not going to regret being more generous in 40 years. You just won't. You're going to be so glad that you're, you're not going to regret being more gracious. You're not going to regret that you're not prone to anger. I mean, all these things, right? Being more like Jesus, like, you're just not going to regret it. So even though it's a little, you know, it can feel tedious in the first stages, or it can feel like, man, is this really going to make my life better? It kind of sucks now. It's like just the long-term payoff. Like, you're not going to regret anything you do to become more like Jesus in the long haul. You'll be way happier about it. And so that, I mean, to your point where it's like, it's fun. It's in the context of family. It's like, yeah, I think when that becomes the motivator and less like, bad Chris, bad Josh, bad Tyler. It's just like, look at this like fun journey we get to be on where decades from now, we're going to be like so fun to be around each other. We're yeah. going to be such a blessing to everyone we run into. It's like, that's what I want to be, you know? Amen. Man, this is so good. I love this. This is so fun. Uh, we This was fun. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Um, I hope that you, you guys, uh, those of you that are listening, feel like you know us better, uh, feel like you know our church better and our values. Um, Our prayer, and I thought about praying right now, um, actually I think I'm going to after this, but we want to be more like those values, personally and as a family and our church. And and that that takes work and that takes commitment and passion. And so that's what we are going to invite people into, whether it's in our homes or whether it's at our church. Um, and so we hope that that comes off. We hope that humility comes off. Um, and we really, yeah, I thank you for listening. I thank you for uh, being intrigued enough to see what's going on in Cincinnati. Maybe you're somewhere far. Maybe you're right here and you saw our Instagram or our website and you're like, who are these people? What are they doing? Uh, I just thank you for listening and giving us the time. Um, I am going to pray. Yeah, um, because let's do it. We're a church <laughs> and we believe in that. So, uh, yeah, Lord, we thank you. I thank you for today and just these these conversations that we've had about what City Church OTR is going to value. And I pray that that we came off as humble, um, that we came off as authentic and real, um, not to win people to our church, um, but to just continue to grow this new kind of family uh, that we are hoping and praying for in Cincinnati. Um, obviously, all four of these uh, values are important to us. I'm sure they're important to a lot of people listening and all of them need work and need uh, need next steps to make them better because we want to be more like you. We want to experience your presence. Uh, we want to uh, experience the, a family that you've 
given us uh, with friends and radical friendship. Um, and we also want to be on mission to bring uh, your love and your uh, character and your family uh, to others, especially in Over the Rhine, Cincinnati. So thank you. Thanks again for listening.